Hello and welcome to the Idiot Book Nook Podcast. My name is Blazewing, my pronouns are they, them. I'm Lady Punnett, my pronouns are primarily she, her, sometimes they, them. Today is a she, her kind of day. And unfortunately, Crittershy and Dragon will not be joining us today. Crittershy is feeling under the weather, and Dragon has made her moving goal, so she is in crunch time. She is packing up, and she will be leaving at 3 o'clock this afternoon, uh, the day that this is being recorded. By the time you guys hear this, she may already be in her destination. So we wish her well on her journeys and um, hope that this is everything that she ever wanted. Yay! If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can do so at lanktr.ee slash idiotbooknook. You'll be able to find links to the YouTube, to the Twitch, uh, to our podcast and our individual socials for all of our individual projects. Today... Because it's just the two of us, we are going to be getting into episode two of Tongues, Tangents, and Titillations. And we have a special topic for you today. We're going to kind of geek and nerd out a little bit, you know, more so than we do normally with books. Because we're going to be talking about the apocalypse. Specifically, the zombie apocalypse. I mean, let's face it, we're already halfway there. We survived a global pandemic. Not to mention, have you seen the people walking around the streets with their phones? Ah, uh, true. We're already halfway there to the zombies. So, you're the one that brought up this topic. Yes. Why don't you get us started on episode two? Also, right, it so. occurs to me, episodes one and two were you and me. <laughs> It's going to end up, this is just going to be our own separate thing, where it's just the two of us where we've been left unattended. Well, I mean, at some point, I could theoretically just make, like, a podcast all of its own, but, I mean, for right now, I'll throw it up at the Idiot Book Nook, so. Anyways. It's under the Idiot Book Nook umbrella. You know what? Fair. We're affiliated with it. (laughs) So. So, first and foremost... To make this a little bit easier, because as you know, with zombies, there are so many different types of zombies. From The Last of Us zombies, Walking Dead, Left 4 Dead, uh, the traditional, actually, root of where zombies came from, which is African voodoo. Um, To make it as simple as possible, we are going to go with the basic Walking Dead zombies. You're, it's an airborne thing. If you get bitten, you get turned. If you die, you turn. They are not fast. They can run as fast as the average human being. So none of that World War Z zombie shit where they're like breakneck speeds, climbing on top of each other, can take down a helicopter with just a mountain of them. Because I'm calling bullshit on that. Just to make this as easy as possible. If one day we want to go into, like... Or we could actually do Last of Us Zombies. Because Last of Us Zombies are actually, theoretically, more possible due to the fact... I'm not gonna lie. I love the fungal infection that the Last of Us did 
like the way okay, they set that up. So I've watched the entirety of season one from start to finish. We watched that. Uh, I actually, you what? I haven't seen it yet. I watched the video games. So my Discord, um, I did a, um, uh, we did a watch party for it when it came out. Mm -hmm. So it would come out on, I think it was, what, Thursday? Mm-hmm. No. See, the Friday, or, no, no, it came out on Sunday. And we'd watch it on either Monday or Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. But we watched it, like, fresh every fucking week. So, because I've seen that, what do you know about The Last of Us? So, from The Last of Us, I watched the entire video game series. Okay. I watched both. I watched playthroughs of both <laughs> one and two. Okay. Um, I need to go through I and have... watch the video games, but... Basically, from my understanding, the, the TV show used the same lore. So I am very familiar with that because I also looked at the art books and I... You know what happens when you go down the Wikipedia route. Yeah. And I understand the basics of it because ants actually suffer from this fungal infection. Uh, they do, and the absolutely terrifying thing about this, and there have been several people that have talked about it, and I guess we're just going to rehash this point. It doesn't affect humans because our body temperature is too high. Mm -hmm. However, with the way that our planet is currently going... That could change at the drop of a hat with the increase in global temperatures. Especially if that infection wants to survive. If that fungus wants to survive. And you know how funguses are. They are much like humans. Very hard resilient. to kill. Very resilient. Hard to kill. Alright. Going with that then, we are going to use the last of us uh, zombies. So this also means we get to deal with clickers. Well, let's talk about The Last of Us, but I also want to uh, dip into kind of The Walking Dead because I do like both. Okay. I do like both of those. So, I mean, let's take on both of them. All right then. So for the zombie survival plan, so in this episode, we're also going to go over common cliches in all media due to uh, zombies because let's face it, even though this isn't affiliate although this podcast doesn't have to necessarily do with books or literature our umbrella thing is we deal with a lot of mixed medias from video games to yeah. books to movies and stuff like that we do reference a so, lot of stuff mm -hmm. which i mean we're still talking literary devices for people who might want to like tell a story it's a storyteller's yeah. podcast yeah so first and foremost Regardless of what kind of zombies we're dealing with, people with ADHD, depending on if they have attentive or inattentive ADHD, might be screwed. Because if we'll look at it this way, if the apocalypse breaks out, they're not going to make our ADHD medications. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we can't survive. It just means it's going to require more effort on our part. I, I realize that, but it depending on when the thing happens, like I've seen what happens if I have a sudden decrease in my medication or if I have to like go without it for a couple of days, I crash hard. Yep. So unless I am 
in a safe place or if I'm able to like ration out my medication, if I'm not careful, I could potentially be a, what's the word I'm looking for? Liability. However, I'm also bearing in mind that due to my background working in healthcare, they're not going to send me out to do like yeah. scavenging. They're going to have me stay like in a base. I, I don't want to say they give me a doctor role. I told them like, I am not a doctor. I know about basic yeah. medications. I know how to like clean G tubes. I know how catheters work. I know that stuff. Do not ask me to stitch somebody up. And actually, then, no, I probably could actually just stitch well, someone up with sewing skills. Here's the thing. You're also a cosplayer, yes? Yes. Those skills are transferable. Thank you. I know. It's just, it, it's, it's different, especially because I would probably end up yelling at the person to stop screaming. I'm trying to do my job. <laughs> um, like... Sewing up, say, a tear or a rip is not unlike sewing up a wound. Just saying. In theory, it's exactly the same. You're just working with flesh instead of material. Another thing that I would like to point out that this kind of hits the empathy part of me. Um, the people who I, my clients that I work with are probably going to be the first to go. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Because I work with a lot of clients who have acquired brain injuries. They are not able to fend for themselves. Um, they aren't able to feed themselves. They aren't able to change themselves. They can't even give themselves showers. Fair. And unfortunately, as much as the empathetic part of me wants to be like that one episode of The Walking Dead where the prisoners were looking after the elderly, realistically speaking... It is not safe because one of my clients has been known to scream very loudly whenever things make him even slightly uncomfortable, and that is just asking to be yep. a magnet for yep. zombies, which is a liability. And I hate saying that. I really, really do. But if we are in a survival situation... You look after yourself. I, have, I look after myself, and it's... In that case, it really is... The good of the many outweigh the good of the few. Actually, in that case, it's the good of the one outweighs the good of the many. You look after yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I get that because, you know, I was raised by nurses. My mother's an RN. My aunt is an LPN. Uh, well, was an LPN. She's retired. She keeps going back and, like, doing nursing shit. And, uh, I, I don't know. Just... Anyways, she's retired, but she she's an LPN. Um, my father was a personal care worker, and my grandmother was a certified nursing assistant. So I grew up learning basic medical shit. <clears throat> how to clean out a wound, how to patch a wound, how to look for signs of infection, um, how to stabilize an injury. Um, I learned uh, the theories behind how to stitch a wound shut. Um, I'm not saying I'd be the best at it, but a lot like you, I probably wouldn't be sent out to scavenge. That is not, that wouldn't be my role. I would be very much somebody 
who'd be, you know, back at home base, who would be caring for the sick, or in my case, crafting, because I work well with my hands. I would be making stuff, or I would be cooking, because I also have a nope. number of skills when it comes to cooking as well. The only time I could foresee them sending me out is if they needed to send me out to look for certain medications, yep. which makes sense. However, there is a downside. Because, um, like I said, I am not a doctor. Yep. My official title is a rehabilitation worker yep. and a, a, a support service attendant. So I know about medications because I have to administrate them. I can tell you what certain ones do. Um, I can't tell you if, like, certain medications aren't good to have with one another. Yeah, that's that's a doctor's role. That's a doctor's role. Or even a pharmacist's role. Possibly a veterinarian. Because, let's face it, vets are probably going to survive longer than doctors. Because what do you do if a random homeless person bites you you go to the hospital to get a tetanus shot or a rabies shot and then you turn at the hospital and then you bite the very lovely RN nurse that's just trying to help you and then the RN nurse turns and then everyone in that floor is zombies yep but let's not pretend like ADHD people neurodivergent people specifically have this ability to acquire skills. We might not be, you know, experts in something, but we know a lot about, a, or we know a little about a lot, if that makes sense. Um, if we are interested in it, the skills that we can pick up, like there's no end to the skills that we can pick up. Um, You and I are very much like home base people, right? We're very much mm -hmm. making sure the homestead is good because that's what yeah. we that that that's what we know. But that being said, somebody else who's ADHD might be good at scavenging. They might be good at something like sharpshooting. They might be good at mm -hmm. defense tactics, who knows. True. The only other thing I can think of possibly that would make... Well, even then. So, my father... I come from a long line of hunters and trappers. So, I I am not proficient in this skill in any way, shape, or form. But I, at the very least, know how to deep feather a partridge. And I know certain parts about different animals' anatomy. So, but, and I know... I know for sure how to, like, tan a hide. Kind of. I haven't done it in years. But at the very least, worse comes to worse, I could figure it out along the way. Or, I mean, libraries are still a thing. Mm -hmm. How long do you think it would take the internet to go out in the event of a zombie apocalypse? I don't know. Whisper says... ADHD versus AD standard definition. Yeah. Um, One second. 
the internet. That's an interesting. Uh, that, that's interesting because throughout a lot of the media that I've seen, the internet goes out like right off the bat, and I know that that's probably a storytelling mechanism. That's probably like a, a story thing, like. They just wanted to do away oh, with yeah. it completely. But the reality is, how long would it actually take the internet to go out? Um, I mean, theoretically, we have the technology and the components right now to the point uh, that would enable you to charge a device like this off of a gas generator. Right? And the storage capacity on devices like these these days are insane. So if the internet doesn't go out for, say, like a day or a week, sure, you might be in survival mode. But for emergency shit, being able to store that on your, um, on your handheld device might not be a bad thing. Then again, you can't always rely on this because these are also easily breakable. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> the internet exists as long as computers are connected via TP, TCP slash IP protocol. It would not exist if all the computers, servers, network, etc. attached to it were shut down. That doesn't answer my question. What, what's a TCP IP? The most I know about it is it's an internet protocol. <clears throat> um, oh, here we go. I, I hold up. At the current rate of growth, the internet will run out of addresses. Oh, wait, no, that is not. Will I run out of addresses in a little more than 10 years? Okay. This is getting me down a whole different rabbit hole that's off topic. But, so I know for a fact that at the very least, I don't think the internet would go out in a day. I want to say, like, in the event, total zombie apocalypse spread around the world, which, as we know, would probably take, I want to say, a couple of months. That begs the question. However, once mm -hmm. society realizes what's happening, because let's not pretend like society wouldn't realize what's happening, okay? The government keeps tabs on that kind of shit. We know this. Mm -hmm. They have their hands in all sorts of pots. They're going to know the moment something like this hits. The government is also known to control and enforce that control. So the question we have to ask is, would they allow us to get that kind of information or would they have shut things like that down? Because if they're trying to the if they're one, trying to control the population, the, the one way you do that is through is through um, the release of information. The less the population knows, the better. I think if they were to go that route, they would probably do it like say, uh, "Oh, your TikTok videos aren't uploading. We're having some issues with the app." Or Oh, Facebook crashed because we had too many users. We'll be back up in a couple of days. So they can, like, do a deep clean. Yep. And get rid of those stuff. Or they could just take those sites offline. Like, and don't forget, countries also have the ability to ban entire websites, entire platforms. You just wouldn't True. be able to access them at all. 
True. India's done that with TikTok. Correct. China's done that with anything they deem counterproductive. Yeah. Russia's done that um, with the entire internet, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. South Korea controls pretty much everything, so that yep. that way South, South Koreans don't know any better. With the, with um, the North Koreans, it's state control. Oh, sorry, yeah, I, I meant I meant the, I meant the North Koreans. South Korea, South Korea is cool. We like South Korea. With North Korea is state controlled. If the state doesn't approve it, you can't access it. Um, Whisper says suddenly ham radios would become popular. You're not wrong. But like I said, radio would get popular. The amount of survival information you can hold on one of these device, you can hold on one of these devices, um, is insane. But these are also fairly True. fragile. So. So. I think it would also depend, though. So, like, people with ADHD, we're able to store, if it's a hyper-focus for us, we're able to store that information fairly well. So if we watch, like, say... Okay, so a basic skill we would probably need to learn is how to purify water. There's we need water. Several, water support. There's th several ways to do it, right? There are several ways to do it. Um, for instance, one of my favorite ways of thinking about this is a zombie apocalypse. I live in a metropolitan area. Well, not great for the amount of zombies that's going to be around. Mm -hmm. Four blocks away from my apartment is a mountain equipment co-op. They stock things like life straws. Grab a couple of those. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have to worry about purifying water for a while because life straws will take care of just about anything except for, um, I think it's contagions, like, um, diseases. So, it'll purify dirt and grime and all of that shit out of the water, right? Right. Um, they, also, they also stock survival equipment. So, fire starters, tents, sleeping bags, um, in certain cases, clothes. They, they stock things like battery packs. And Whisper in the chat here actually brings up a good point. If you have a battery pack with a solar panel, you'd have a good start. You could charge minor electronics. That actually segues us to an interesting topic. So if we're going either, once again, either zombie lore, clickers or walkers, um, in the immediate vicinity, so I'm talking like maybe a 20 minute drive, what kind of resources are you able to get? So this is almost like, what's our survival rate? So similar to you, I live in a very populated city. Maybe not as populated as you are or yep. as condensed, because we're made up, I'm made up of a bunch of small townships. Um, but within a 20 minute drive of my apartment, I literally, well, actually, I have like literally within walking distance, I have a home hardware. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a Walmart not too far away. Um, oh, this is, this is going to sound really bad, and this would probably be like a last resort. Um, I know the locations of all of my other sites, so I know where I would need to go if I needed to get like painkillers and different medications yeah. and stuff. This would be, once again, very last resort zombie apocalypse thing. Um, 
I know how to make my own shelters. I know how to make my own fires. Yep. I have a car. I was in scouts as a kid. There are certain survival things that I know. I know how to make a shelter with a tarp, right? Mm-hmm. My main goal, if something like this were to happen, is to gather this ba- the very basic supplies that I need to survive. A weapon of some sort. Um, things for food and water and shelter. And then peace out from the city. That would be ideal, because, so, to my knowledge, in both lores, the zombies can't swim, correct? I don't think they can swim in The Last of Us. I'm not overly sure about The Walking Dead. It's been a while since I've watched that. I got up to, I think it was the last couple of seasons before I quit, but I can't remember. They they can't swim. So, close to Subri... There is a place called Manitoulin Island, Mm -hmm. which, as the name implies, it is an island. The only way to get onto the island is literally a, like, very, very long swinging bridge. So it's one of those bridges that connects the two, but then it can turn Mm -hmm. so that way, or goes up so that way that uh, boats can get through. Mm -hmm. So... The island's very large. It's not as populated because it has it has like some reserves and stuff, but it's not as condensed. So basically, my zombie apocalypse plan is to get my supplies, get my friends and my family. We piss off to the island because if zombies can't swim, then all we have to do is worry about the people on the island. Madam Glitch brings up a good point in the chat. They can't mm-hmm. swim, but they don't need to breathe. No. But there is current. Depends on how strong the current is. That's the current is kind of strong. It's uh, there's a lot of lakes, or what is it, rivers? There's a big river that lead that's through the um, because it's the tall boats because that's where some of our imports come through mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's a very deep, deep river. So there's some strong currents that go through the bottom and stuff. So, yeah, kind of. I had a talking point and I can't for the life of me remember what it was now. My brain just went, nope. All right, all right, wait. So we were talking about like survival plan you were in scouts, you know how to make a shelter. I know how to do basic shit, right? Uh, That being said, something like an equipment store like Mountain Equipment Co-op or, uh, you know, an outdoorsy store, um, camping stores, those sorts of things, I'd still have to to, uh, stop by and ransack them for survival equipment. The issue is, though, that a lot of people will be ransacking that area. And that's the thing. So you almost have to think, yeah. Hi. You'd have to be like one of the first few in, in order to get anything worthwhile. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is funny, because I've, um, in the case that I can't, I've actually started looking at, like, survival videos and shit. 
Because mm -hmm. I'm huge on society collapse. Like, that's just me. It's like a fantasy. I get that it's probably not going to happen. It, it's a pipe dream. Um, mm -hmm. I've been watching like uh, bushcraft and survival videos, which is... Not gonna lie, I've picked up a fair amount of like just huh, that's interesting. Maybe I should just I like the videos tuck that back in the back of my mind. I, I I recently I also get on my TikTok like a lot of videos of people who make like these hidden little cabins that mm -hmm. are basically buried into the ground and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you can't tell they're there, which kind of sort of would make a lot of sense in the zombie apocalypse, because also you're not in the event of a zombie apocalypse you're not just fighting zombies you're also fighting scavengers and other people let's yeah. face it the zombie apocalypse brings out the worst in people sure does which brings up one of our cliches which is most people in the zombie apocalypse are viewed as bloodthirsty only trying to fend for themselves and or the people they are with yep their value of human life or lack thereof signifies their behavior and habits as a human being equally capable of being mindless slaughterers by the next psychopath in line. Northern Whisper says, um, hold up in a Costco. I would actually refrain from doing that. Costco is probably one of the first places people are going to hit because it is a massive store of food and supplies. Those are mm. essential for survival. However, what, a, what not a lot of people are going to think about in an emergency situation is you know costco's great for food go up the supply line the further up the supply line you go for costco or for grocery stores or for big box retailers the less those are going to be picked over so if you can find a place where say costco gets their meat from or where costco gets their uh, hardware from or you know the company that delivers to them and you go raid that facility, there's more of a chance you're going to get what you want. Mm -hmm. Likewise, if you if you take that facility and you go one step above that, there's more of a chance you're going to get what you want. Mm -hmm. Hold up in a Costco, no one will check your card, the apocalypse. Why do I suddenly have this image of just this zombie standing at the entrance of a fucking Costco? Card, please. Even in death, can't fucking get away from it. Like, always checking the cards for eternity. Uh, in The Walking Dead, the, ti the title characters are the humans. Um, I do think fantastical things like these are great to imagine and whatnot. And these scenarios are great for the imagination because they kind of keep us on our toes. Like, what would you do if? One second. Yeah, no worries. Um, I think that we don't give ourselves enough credit as a species, honestly. Um, humans are, you know, extremely resilient. Mm -hmm. No matter the situation we're put in, the one thing we do is survive as a species. You as a person might not make it, but we as a species tend to have a habit of surviving whatever befalls us. Uh, I mean... So humans, human society survived the Black Plague, which literally wiped out a third of yeah. the human populace. Yeah, and uh, there was the Black Plague, and there was um, what was it the bubonic plague? Was that the, yep. yeah? And um, 
there was the Spanish flu, uh, which killed off a good number of people as well. Not as much as, say, the Black Plague, but it's still, like, we have a knack for surviving. There was COVID-19. Yeah. Which we survived as well. Which we just got through. Yep. Uh, Fallout teaches us not all zombies are mindless and not all humans are smart. I mean, we never claimed that. There are some people I'm not sure aren't zombies today, but that's neither here nor there. So what else have we got for cliches on your list? Alright, so for other cliches we got on our list, um, bare bullets are always in supply. The viewer will almost never see the main protagonist or anyone in zombie, in zombie movies run out of ammunition. Misnomer! Uh, That's not likely to happen. That's yeah. not going to happen. In- yeah. You have to be very caringly with your fucking bullets. Make sure you've got something you can hack and slash with. Um, exactly. Make sure you've got something like a knife or a machete or something with a sharp edge. And make sure you continue to sharpen that edge because that edge will dull after first after the first few hits. If also you, make sure it, you know how to... You what? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, make sure you know how to actually use it. Don't yeah. be like one of those people like, oh, I'm going to be a samurai zombie killer and you don't know how to use a fucking katana. Yeah. Use the tools that you're good with. Use use what you know to your advantage. But make sure you continue to sharpen that blade because after the first few hits, it will dull. If you get out, if you're like in a, a life or death situation like a fight, and you happen to hack, you happen to hack a zombie's head off, right? Let's assume for the moment that kills the zombie. And you you hack and slash, you take the zombie's head off. When it is safe to do so, you are going to want to resharpen that blade after every encounter. Do not simply just pull out a gun and fire willy nilly, because your ammo will run out. Um. There are no, like, standard refill points. There are no respawn points. You have one shot. That's it. Yep. Um, Next cliche. Honored characters die slowly, but still painful nonetheless. Pardon? So honored characters, honorable characters... Yeah. uh, Die slowly... But always painfully, nonetheless. Yeah, it's not going to happen. There's nothing stopping you from dying quickly as opposed to, you know, the next person. You're, somebody that you absolutely despise could take, say, a week to die. You could die in five seconds. There's nothing to stop that from happening. Yeah. Uh, another one is screaming at zombies. Only Don't if- scream at zombies. That makes it worse. Unless they're friendly zombies. In which case, why would you scream at them anyways? But other than Fallout, I don't really know any type of zombie that's really friendly. Screaming is a good way to grab attention. If you're trying to distract. Such as sacrificing yourself so somebody else can get away. Screaming is a really good way to do that. Mm-hmm. Just uh, don't, don't scream. No? You're not a fan uh, of screaming? No. Well, if we go with either one, 
of either The Walking Dead or The Last of Us Zombies, sound attracts them. Yep. So don't do it. Just don't. Um, here's a, here's a thought. What about zombies where literally all of their cognitive skills and their senses are gone? They can't see, they can't hear, they can't smell. So they're basically... Walking husks. Walking husks. Then you just, like, push them away with a stick. Like a long pole. Or trick them to fall off a cliff. <laughs> Lemmings! <laughs> Lemming zombies. Oh no. They're coming for us. Uh, which actually brings up uh, accidentally making noise and attracting zombies. Yeah, watch out for those branches. Stick to hard surfaces if you can. Or, sorry, stick to soft surfaces, but stay away from things like forests. Branches. Mm -hmm. You know, leaves, anything that crunches. Stay hidden if you can, stay in the same spot if you can, and it's not always possible. Uh, the remaining survivors of the protagonist group are about three or four people, while the rest are either killed by zombies, other survivors, or heroic sacrifices. It's a great storytelling mechanism. It's a very great story mechanism. It also, also sorry, go ahead. Okay. It's common in like horror story, horror films too, where it's usually a large group, and in the end, there's maybe, if you're lucky, four people left. Yep. Um. It allows you to get attached to characters really quickly. And absolutely, t like absolutely cry when or. It allows you to form an emotional attachment, and y you feel devastated when they when they eventually like kick the bucket, right? Mm -hmm. Again, that's not really going to happen um, in a real life uh, survival scenario, especially in a zombie apocalypse. <coughs> exactly. The only person you can sorry, <laughs> the only person you can really again count on in a survival scenario is you. Even your best friend, or your mother, or your sister, <coughs> your father, your brother, your cousin, whoever you happen to be with, you cannot 100% trust them or count on them. It is going to be you and your wits against whatever is out there. Sure, you can travel with people, but I guarantee you, when faced with life or death, 99% of the people out there will fuck off. And they will leave somebody else to die. Don't count on anyone else. Mm. Uh, Northern Whisper in the chat says, and remember, no apocalypse harems. No apocalypse harems. Um, wait, 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 harems. wait. Okay, so, story idea. Stay with me. <laughs> okay. Apocalypse harem. Just, okay. that's the entire story. Zombie apocalypse breaks out. You guys band together. You manage to get a thriving community. It turns into a harem. No? Uh, maybe. Well, here's the thing. I've been reading... So, there's this webtoon called Zombie Boyfriend. Um, yeah. 
basically similar. Well, this girl Alex, very petite but very savage girl who wields an axe and is known as a zombie killing machine because she's stuck in London when the zombie apocalypse breaks out. She's originally from the U.S. of A. Yeah. Um. Befriends a zombie, doesn't realize the zombie befriended her because he wants to eat her because he's. Here's the funny thing. N is a very kicky eater. So he doesn't. Who is a zombie? And he only wants to eat pristine meat. So when he looks at certain humans, like, too stringy, too smelly, too lean, too tough. And he thinks that Alex is, like, pristine, but he doesn't want to eat her right away because he's worried about where she's been. So he plans to wait three days and then eat her. Because that's... Because although he doesn't remember everything, he remembers his grandmother taught him that. Because they had a chicken. And they had to wait three days before eating the chicken. He doesn't actually eat her in the end. Spoilers. Um, But yeah, it's- it's- and eventually, like, Alex starts befriending other zombies because she's the only human left, pretty much. Um, And the zombies all like her, and some of them start to have, like, either platonic or romantic feelings for her, even though she eventually starts dating N, even though at first it's just for this social media clout. It's fun. I enjoy it. Send I me really a link. Recommend. Send me a link. I gotta see this. Okay. okay. Um, Madam Glitch, in regards to Apocalypse Harem discussion, says we don't need another Negan, followed by Whisper saying Slice of Life Apocalypse Harem anime. This conversation took a really weird fucking turn, and I love it. Australian wildlife versus zombies? I wonder who'd win. <laughs> What's next? Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Okay. Next up. Uh, military personnel are almost universally useless, unable to fire their weapon with any degree of accuracy or capability, and are, are or are capable and are usually portrayed as less effective than random civilians who've never had any sort of training or exercise experience with any weapons at all. So, again, that's not the way things are because they are trained to hit things, right? They they have specific training in that. Um, that being said, what, what makes you think they're going to give a shit about you? In a survival scenario, they're going to be worried about themselves. And if they see you as a threat... They're not going to think twice about pulling that trigger on you. Okay, so correction. The webtoon is actually called Boyfriend of the Dead. Yep. Yep, I'm sending you a link. In Hello. The Hello, Tyrion. Tu madre? I have no idea what that means. But yeah, so the whole, like, that always bugs me. Because they depict as these trained military officers who, unless they're, like, still in boot camp or whatever, should have at least, at least maybe a year of training in active service. Well, they went to boot camp. That's where they train you to do this shit, right? Like, they fucking drill you in this shit in boot camp. You might not be the, you might not be, like, the best coming out, but 
if you're, say, in the military or when you're in active service, you're still going to have better skills than the average person. Yeah, and to show, like, oh, the protagonist is so much better. No, I'm, I'm sorry. If I have to choose between traveling with a group of friggin' randos versus tri military officers, I'm picking the military officers. Because at least, one, they're probably going to have the resources to survive. Or the know-how. Two, they probably have the skills to survive. Yep. They have military weapons and training, and most likely, because they're trained to, like, save civilians, they're probably going to train you because they're like, listen, we can't have dead weight. You have to pull your weight somehow. Yep. So they're going to train me in how to use these weapons. Not just that, um, in order to get to that point where they're willing to give you that training and they're willing to expend the time and energy on you, you're going to have to have proven yourself in some way. So whether that's survival through sheer luck, survival through sheer skill, or making yourself valuable, invaluable in some other way um, remains to be seen, but you are going to have to prove yourself. They won't, I don't think that they'd waste their energy, especially in a survival situation. They're not going to waste their energy on you unless you provide benefit. And even then, you're going to need to watch out for uh, ulterior motives, right? Like everybody's got their own goal. So that, that might be a worry later on down the line. Or sheer stupidity, Tyrion, you're not wrong. Um, survival through sheer stupidity is absolutely a thing. Um, yeah. How about zombie rights advocates? That's a weird new one. Why would you say that? That's how I made it to 31? No, I think you made it to 31 through sheer force of will or spite. Okay, here, here's another good one, actually. Perfectly healthy humans without disability or sensory handicaps being unable to hear... Being unable to hear or otherwise detect a zombie at close range in quiet places, especially at night. Plot device. I recognize it's a plot device. However... In, in most cases, like, okay, so once again, Walking Dead zombies, they are always moaning. You can always hear them, because they're moaning and groaning, <laughs> most likely because their bones hurt. Because they're, because, yeah, because decomposition is probably not comfortable. Can you imagine the flatulence? Yeah. Or you have your The Last of Us zombies with, like, the clickers. Where literally, you hear them clicking, going... Makes me wonder, they do the clicking, that clicking sound is going to bounce. Is that how they hear? Do they use sonar to hear? They use sonar to hear. That's why when, uh, so in the video game, the way to get around clickers was to use, uh, beer bottles or, uh, soda cans and throwing them to cause a sound and they chase the sound. Clickers can't see because the infection's gone so bad it's covered their entire face. Yeah. That's why it's kind of like in a dome shape. Yeah. When they click, it causes an echolocation. And that's why even though they can't see, they still have to hide because the echolocation is still bouncing off of the different things. But, okay, so here's the interesting thought on that. They've developed echolocation skills like bats. Humans don't have this innately. Like, 
we can hear things in, in, say, a quiet room. We can hear when something's echoing, but we can't hear the shapes, right? Which means the infection has to mutate them enough to the point where they can now interpret that. What, what would cause that? Like, what would make that? Would it be kind of a mutation due to interaction between the fungus and the human? Well, so when people go, I actually have a good example of this. So my friend when went legal blind very suddenly. She's she's okayed me to talk about this. So basically, what happened, and this happens like yeah, once this... every twenty thousand cases. She stopped knocking things over. Basically, what happened was my friend suddenly had a buildup of fluids in her spinal cord that yeah. pressed against the optical nerve. Yeah. She went black blind. Okay. In the span of three days. Okay. Wait, she, she went from being able to see to completely blind in three days. Yeah, she almost died. Oh shit! Okay. Because there was because the, it kept building and building and building, and if it was her optometrist that found out what was going on and they put a shunt in to drain the fluids, she would have died. Okay. And over time, her vision has slowly returned, but it's only gone to about three feet yeah. before she can't see anything. Yeah. Um, and she has told me that since that has happened, her sense of smell has improved. Yep. And her hearing. And she hasn't really commented too much on taste. She's never well, been able to handle spicy food, but she's her hearing and her sense improve, and her smell has improved. That makes sense because when one sense go, when one sense disappears, like stop knocking things over. When one sense disappears, the others basically in you have an increase in the other senses, or they tend to grow and what's the mm -hmm. word I'm looking for? Um, the others will. Improve. Effectively, they'll improve or pick up to kind of cover, right? In order to compensate. Mm -hmm. Which makes me wonder, if we lose our sense of sight, would we eventually develop the ability to echolocate? Well, I think what's happening also is... So, I think what's happening with The Last of Us is the fungus is basically rapid growing rapidly evolving the human brain because look at it this way if we look at evolution way 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 back when we didn't stand upright uh fair we were hunched over yeah that and over millennia we went from being hunched over being very hairy because it, it was, was a survival it was actually a survival thing um because of the mm -hmm. if i remember so I went through a bunch of anthropology courses, but if I remember the lessons correctly, it was a survival thing because of changing landscapes, um, changing environments. Instead of swinging from kind of the trees like we used to, we needed to be able to outrun the things trying to eat us. So over the course of millennia, we developed the ability to stand upright. We developed flat feet, which enabled us to run farther and faster for longer as opposed to being hunched over it's severe it's strictly a survival thing mm -hmm. sorry nerding out a bit no it's fine but like also so when you're first infected with the fungus um what happens is so you know how in our minds 
we can't bite off our own finger because our brain stops us from using the full force of it. Again, it, it takes about as much force as biting through a carrot. But if you've ever tried to bite through your finger, your brain will literally stop you. It is impossible for us to bite off our own finger, except in extreme circumstances. Well, yeah, but with The Last of Us, the fungus literally turns off that thing. It makes it so that we are able to use our full strength for everything. It kills the survival, it kills the survival mechanism. Exactly. It, does, it turns off our own survival mechanism in order for us to oh, sorry. Self-preservation and survival. Okay. Yeah. So by doing that, I think by shutting off the self-preservation, I think what it's doing, because we've seen what those guys do. They put themselves in very dangerous situations just to get something to feed on. Yeah. I think what it's doing is from turning off the self-preservation, it's helping with rapid evolution, which is why the bigger the fungus grows, the more evolution that happens. Because as you've seen, clickers are the strongest ones. The, the survivors are terrified of being anywhere close to a, a clicker because they are the longest surviving infected. Interesting. See, now we're getting into evolution talk and like evolution, uh, evolution of the species, uh, evolution of a species, which mm -hmm. is fucking fascinating when you boil it down. Well, and those aren't the- and clickers are the only ones in the infected. So, first off, there is the stages of an infection with The Last of Us. The first ones are the runners. Yep. The newly transformed ones. Either recently bitten or recently breathed in the spores. They are fast, they are ruthless, they will chase you down. Yep. Then you have your stalkers. Stalkers are people who have been infected for somewhat of several years, typically inhabit around areas thri thriving with water, while not as physically enhanced as clickers or bloaters. Shamblers, sorry, they're not stalkers, they're shamblers. Oh wait, no, I, uh, stupid thing. One second, one second. I got this, I got this. So stalkers. Stalkers are people who have been infected between somewhat to two weeks to a year. Per their name, they stalk and hide from prey in dark areas and attack at opportune moments. Some also latch onto walls and to allow the cordycypes to fester, keeping the host alive until prey walks by, at which point the stalkers break free and attack. Then you have your clickers. Clickers have are people who have been infested for at least one year. The long time elapse allows the fungus to spread all over the body, blinding them and forcing them to use echolocation to find prey. However, the fungus hasn't granted them enhanced strength, making them fearsome foes in close quarters. So, turns out, clickers aren't the top dog. Like I thought. Luna... Uh, has posted something interesting in chat. Um, they've said there's actually a thing called human echolocation and, and has provided a link. So this is from a Wikipedia article, but I might go down a rabbit hole today. Human echolocation is the ability of humans to detect objects in their environment by sensing echoes from those objects, by actively creating sounds. For example, tapping their canes, 
lightly stomping their foot, snapping their fingers, or making clicking noises with their mouths. People trained to orient by echolocation can interpret the sound waves reflected by nearby objects, accurately identifying their location and their size, so they might not be able to see details, but they can still tell roughly how big something is and roughly where it is. That's cool. Mm -hmm. uh, Tira, Tira says... We have the abilities, uh, we have a lot of abilities that are dormant because we haven't managed to access that section of our brain functionality to consciously control it. Shit, man. What else is on your list of tropes? So, tropes. Tropes, tropes, where did it Alright. So, for weapons. Survivors eventually find a weapon stash. Yeah, not gonna happen. There's nope. a very good chance the weapon stash has already been picked through or does not exist. The only thing or you can rely on is you and your gear, and sometimes not even your gear. Yeah, and even if you do find, like, say, the person who made the weapon stash, like, couldn't get to it in time because they were turned, I'm sorry, if it's, like, an effective weapon stash, like, what we see in video games, it's going to be locked up so tight that unless you know the code, you're not getting in, and it's not going to be written on a sticky note. Yeah. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find the, the answer just, like, lying around. You're going to have to either brute force your way in, or you're not getting it. Um, so just keep that in mind. All, you know, all in the favor of making things just a little more realistic. It's kind of like how someone can visibly move muscles when others can't because those muscles are trained and strengthened. The brain works in a similar way. Fair. Fair. Like people who can wiggle their ears. Yes. Survivors will often end up using a chainsaw. Do not use chainsaws on zombies. So, first of all, the chainsaw is loud as fuck. Mm -hmm. That's going to attract attention. Second, the chainsaw it's is going... You what? It's unwieldy. It's unwieldy. But it, it, the chainsaw also rips and shreds as it cuts through, and it does leave debris, right? It doesn't just chew it up. It does leave debris. Like, when you cut through a tree, you leave sawdust. This is going to leave um, sinew, blood, bone, um, and basically matter particulate, right? That matter particulate, depending on the infection and what lore you're going with, can probably still infect which means if you accidentally get some on your face, like if, if you've ever used a chainsaw to cut down a tree, you're covered in fucking sawdust afterwards. Despite the fact that it is designed to deposit most of the sawdust in a specific place, you're still covered in sawdust. You're not going to stop that particulate from getting on you or infecting you. Aver mentioned absence of depleted ammunition. Pardon? Aforementioned absence of depleted ammunition. Yeah. Basically, you always find the ammunition you need in, like, the nick of time. That's not going to happen in real nope. life. Nope. You're going to have to survive off of your own wits, your own skill. In some cases, even that's not going to help you. It's going to be sheer dumb luck if you survive. And no. Oh, this isn't on the list. But, like, finding, like, AK-47 military weapons you're not gonna find that in a non-military town unless unless you live in america fair we don't so in canada 
So unlike America, Canada actually has good gun control laws compared yeah. Canadians, to America. Canadians, on average, gun ownership is actually higher than America. There are more Canadians that own guns than there are Americans, generally speaking. We are also an armed nation, which means we have enough we have enough firearms to arm our entire country. Every person in our country would have at least one firearm, right? We are an armed nation. The reason we don't have mass shootings is because we have strict gun control laws. What you can use, how you can use it, and where you can use it. Go ahead. And if you're caught, then you lose your gun license. Yeah. If you're caught, you're not supposed to. You're like, nope, we're coming in. We're confiscating all your guns. We're taking away your license. If if we allow you to chance to gain back your license, you have to do this, this, and this over the span of like a year. Yeah. And even then, we might still tell you, yeah, no. Yeah. Basically, we up here realize that owning a gun is a privilege, not a right, unless you live in certain cases in extremely rural areas, in which case it falls under survival. That being said, the average person, it is a privilege, not a right. And that privilege can be taken away. And Similar to how if you can't. Similar with children, if you show you are not responsible enough to have this toy, it is taken away. Give me one second. My AC unit just fell out of the window. That's not good. I will continue this discussion about, like... So, as I was saying, in the event of a zombie apocalypse, Canadians are fine. Because chances are, if you don't own a firearm, you know someone who does. Well, for example, I have several family members who I know of who are hunting. So my family has several rifles. So even though I myself do not own a firearm... I know someone who does. So I would be fine. I prefer not. Typically how it, well, I was just saying how if you don't, typically in Canada, if you yourself don't someone who does. Yeah, like I do know people who own guns. I prefer not to because I don't trust them. Um, I absolutely mm-hmm. despise firearms and I think they, like this is just my personal opinion. Do not come for me for the, for saying this. I don't believe that firearms are honorable. That's just my personal take. I The only firearm that I own is an airsoft handgun. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, fired in the proper position, that won't cause lasting damage. But I do know people who own guns. I don't fault them for owning that. That is their choice. Mm-hmm. But you also generally, if I know there is a firearm in your house, you will generally not see me inside of that house. Um, I prefer things like swords, bows and arrows, um, knives, that sort of thing. Well, when you think about it, those are actually generally probably a safer bet than guns during a zombie apocalypse because of the fact you're not likely to run out of ammunition. Or you could go go the good old... uh, nailed bat route. Yep, that is a thing. That that will cause damage. Mm-hmm. Besides, if you sharpen a knife in the right way, the knife can cause more damage than a gun ever could. See, see, I wouldn't go knife because that would get a little bit too close for my liking unless I had 
body armor. Speaking of armored, under cliches for vehicles, you will often see an armored bus or other large modified vehicles and commonly is commonly seen with a plow or bumper with crudely spray-painted teeth on them. You're not going to find armored vehicles lying around unless you're like unless you've like raided an empty military base in which case that's going to be extremely lucky because I guarantee you if the base is empty the, the the military installation is empty they've probably taken the equipment with them. And if you do find like an armored vehicle left behind it was left behind for a reason. Yep. There's a chance it's defective, it might be out of gas or there might be something broken with it. Um you keep talking you, you keep kind of discussing things. I will be right back. Okay. So another common cliche, uh, some zombie movies feature intelligent zombies. I don't fault this. As a storytelling mechanic, it can lead to very interesting things, like the Boyfriend of the Dead comic I was talking about earlier. There was also the Warm Bodies movie, which I never saw because that was... That came out when I was like a teenager, and I thought, listen, I'm in kind of monster romances but zombies is where i draw the line that was then i like i said i've recently read like boyfriend of the dead and it was very very good um in modern media the apocalypse slash outbreak is caused by mainly an infected themed method such as a virus this cliche has since been used in many popular media films like 28 Days Later, The Dawn of the Dead remake, in games such as Resident Evil, Left 4 Dead, Daisy, Dead Island, Dying Light, etc. So, a virus is most likely going to be the number one way of infection is going to be spread, even if it is by a fungus like in The Last of Us. Um, simply because, similar to like any epidemic, pandemic, plague we've had, that is the quickest way a sickness spreads. It is typically via how that that it's just how the friggin' um, words words are hard. Fuck. Um, a virus is the most likely way something is going to do the viruses, plagues, sicknesses are spread very quickly that way ignore my hair it is awful except for people in the podcast you can't see my hair um i lost my train of thought plagues so with the zombie apocalypse the virus is i believe the way it's going to spread the most it might be spread through spores which i guess technically virus but most likely if we were to have a zombie apocalypse it would be spread via a airborne pathogen. What is that? Cliches. I got a list. I found a list on a zombie fandom Wikipedia. Here you go. Older films depict zombies rising from the graves, which is physically impossible. Somewhat true, depending on a. I don't believe this would ever happen in real life because if someone is already dead, if we go like the airborne pathogen route, then the airborne pathogen, to my knowledge, can't go all round. Go through like six feet of packed earth, 
through a casket and get to the person. I do not think that is possible. That seems kind of silly in my humblest of humble opinions. Which I think is just silly. So that's probably not going to happen. AD, next one. A decayed body running as fast or faster than humans is also pretty illogical. I agree completely. Because here's the thing. Running isn't just about, like, the body. It's about the mind. It takes coordination. And if you've seen, like, how the human body runs, it actually is a lot of thinking. The only time I could foresee this happening in real life is if the friggin' if it was Usain Bolt. If Usain Bolt turns into a zombie world, or at least the people in the country Usain. Because I think he still travels a bit, because I think, to my knowledge, Usain Bolt is still the fastest man in the world. One second. Fastest man in the world. Who's the fastest man in the Usain Bolt is still the fastest man in the Good for him! Good for Usain Bolt for being the fastest man in the world. Cause that is, I mean, that's a hard title to keep up with. Cause, cause he's been the fastest man in the world since. When, when did he have this record put in? Where, where is it? So yeah, in 2009. And he's still the fastest man in the world. Good for him. Hi. Hi. Uh, I, so one of the cliches is how, was how zombies, decayed bodies are fast, are as fast, if not faster than humans, which is pretty illogical. And I was like, that's true, except that they were like Usain Bolt. So I checked if Usain Bolt was still the fastest man in the world. And he is. Hmm. Yeah, Even so 14 years later. Good for him. We can logically assume that, you know, a corpse a reanimated corpse would only be able to move as fast as the person would have been able to move when they were alive. Because mm -hmm. physics! I, I would say, though, that's just for zombies. If we go to The Last of Us where it's a fungus... Okay, if it's a fungus, there's something else controlling, in which case you might be able to pass that. But even the human body, like the human body itself, has its limits. You, like a fungus can control the human body all at once, but it'll never be able to move at, say, the speed of sound on its own. Mm -hmm. Or it'll never be able to generally move as fast as a cheetah on its own. Because the human body will simply just not be able to withstand that kind of pressure. Yeah. From what I understand. Yeah. So but, I don't think we're ever, ever going to get, like, World War Z level fast freaking zombies. Fair. Uh, another cliche in zo with zombies. Um, sometimes saying brain. Yeah, I, I hate that. Like, no. No. Zombies. Here's the thing. If it's an actual, legit zombie, uh, the communication part of the brain doesn't stops working when you die. Yep. And conversation takes human thought takes actual conscious thought yeah so they're not gonna do that I hate that I don't mind if they're like uh friggin hungry all the time 
that makes sense. But it's also like, they're not gonna say words unless, like, it makes sense in the media. Like, having somewhat intelligent zombies or some that are able to retain their consciousness. Like, so for Boyfriend of the Dead, a reason a lot of them are able to keep part of their consciousness, even though they turn into zombies, is because they haven't fed on humans. Yeah. But after they feed on humans, typically it becomes much harder for them to keep it. Uh, Luna says, if a zombie bites you, you turn into a zombie. But what about if you bite a zombie? Depends on the lore. Yeah, so in a lot of the lores, you'll still turn into a zombie. Zombies are both poisonous and venomous. So, I have this image in my head, and I got this from a meme a while ago. But imagine this. You die, okay? You're bitten by a zombie, you die. Your body reanimates as a zombie. Your spirit refuses to leave. And it's just a ghost you following the zombie you around for all of eternity. This one is the physical body, one is the spirit. I can just see the ghost like fucking face bombing. God damn it, body. No, this isn't how we do that. Turn the handle. You thought you found an Una reverse? No, Luna, but what's interesting to think about um, from the situation the from the uh, the situation that you gave, you know, you uh, if a zombie bites you, you turn into a zombie. If a vampire bites you, you turn into a vampire, generally speaking. Uh, you know, boiling the lore down to its very basics. What happens if a vampire bites a zombie? They die. The vampire or the zombie? The, the vamp. Okay. So the vampire is technically already dead. Alright, but so, okay, this is going a bit into supernatural. I, I like the first five seasons, okay? After that, it's kind of. Um, but, so, with. In the supernatural lore, if vampires drink the blood of dead men mm-hmm. or dead mans it's their poison i didn't say drink Zombie. i said bite oh just a bite so yeah is boiling it down to its basic lore originally when a vampire bit you unless they killed you you would rise again as a vampire they didn't necessarily have to drink the blood all they had to do was bite all right so if a vampire bit a zombie what would happen Vampire's already dead. Yeah, so is the zombie. Would the zombie become a vampire? What happens if the zombie bites the vampire? What happens then? Okay, alright. One step at a time. If a vampire bit a zombie, I think in that case, it would depend on who's stronger, the vampire or the zombie. So, for example, if the vampire was stronger, I want to say the vampire would just for like a couple of days maybe a week like with a bad cold if for some reason the zombie is stronger like say the vampire is a couple Mm -hmm. a couple years dead I don't know 
Because if, depending on the lore, like, if we go with Walking Dead lore, like, even if he doesn't drink it, if even, like, a drop of zombie blood gets into him, he might turn into, like, oh, I want to say he turned into, like, a ghoul. Well, that also depends on what lore you're going by, because in certain lore, a ghoul is a human that is controlled by a vampire, or a ghoul is an undead creature that, while it's like a zombie, it's not quite a zombie. Maybe they get herpes. <laughs> Maybe they get herpes. <laughs> Tyrion Phoenix says food poisoning. Also, the universe explodes. So what you're saying, Tira, is that if a vampire bites a zombie, it's like dividing by zero. Yeah. It, it depends on this. I think it's a case by situation. So, for example, if Dracula bit a zombie, I don't think it would do anything to him because he is technically, in Romanian lore, the first vampire. Because Vladimir the Impaler was known as, like, the first big, well-known <laughs> vampire. Not saying he's the first one... Because there's been historical texts about different creatures being vamp being vampires in different ways throughout history. I'm not saying Dracula's the first one. I'm saying he's probably the most universally recognized vampire. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything would happen to him if he bit a zombie. Luna says, all I can see is a zombie crying, going, He bit me! And the vamp responding, being like, Dude, you bit me first! I need art of this. I think I think it, it falls under like the whole like if a zombie bit you you turn. Okay, I think it falls under like that whole conversation they had um, in Big Bang Theory. Who's cooler, zombies or mummies? And it was it was theorized that zombies were cooler because when you get bitten by a zombie, you turn into a when you get bitten by a mummy, you just get a gross mummy bite. Everybody talks about, you know, mummies and how horrible they are, you know, what monsters they are, but nobody ever talks about the daddies. On that note, I'm thinking this is a good place to wrap this conversation up. You don't want to hear the last, like, really bad one? Sure, go ahead. Most zombie movies end with a large horde of zombies against the remaining survivors. Or a group of a group of zombie mob, a mob of zombies, uh, attack one helpless victim. Fair. I think this is a good place to wrap this up. Mm -hmm. um, so if, again, guys, thank you for joining us. If you, you would like to follow us on social media, you can do so at linktr.ee/idiotbooknook. This has been episode two of Tongues, Tangents, and Titillations. Uh, I guess we're calling this episode two the apocalyptic version? I don't know. Um, that's going to be it for us. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, for the Idiot Book Nook, I'm Blazewing. I'm Lady Punnett. And we'll hopefully see you next week. And with any luck, we will be getting back to our book, but don't quote me on that. It all depends on how Dragon's doing with her move. That being said, if we do episode three of this series, maybe Critter, maybe Critter will join us and we can get some uh, interesting discussion points from her. Yay! 
we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.